Blog Talk Radio. All right. We are a bit late. We had some technical difficulties. And we're still having them. Let's hope we can get through this. Okay? We're about to come in right? Okay. Well, we're here. We're here. Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. 
I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Girls' and women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what, you're right, I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt, I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. <laughs> I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalized the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob, this vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous 
hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The rain of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women. And for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up. The limbic system gets fired. We lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people, girls, our girls, our boys, are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom, and that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us, our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make.
so I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds, attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child and so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy. And clearly, it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, Shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. EDGE, the global standard for gender equality, is the minimum standard in, guess what, Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there, in 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered 
With up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence. As it is happening, 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. And lastly, believe her. Believe her. Hey everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest internet radio North side of the great, great city of Chicago. You are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time.
to George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We are here. We are here. Had a bit of difficulty, a technical difficulty at the beginning of the show. That seemed to always happen. I guess it's just something that happens um, when you're uh, on internet radio. Some calls, calls it a podcast. I call it a radio show. I'm having people already asking me if they if they can be on the show. Uh, we'll see about that. We will see. Uh, yeah, you can be on. We just <laughs> I just have to book you, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun in the near future. We're gonna have guests on the show. People are gonna be here talking about whatever they want to talk about. Uh, if it's a book, if it's a short story, if, if if it's a poem, whatever. I mean, yeah, talk about it here. We can. As I've always said during this show of the years that um, I always learn something from the guests that I have on the show. I, I, I do not uh, try to uh, act as if I'm the smartest person on, the, on earth. I'm not. I've been told that I'm not uh, too stupid. And <laughs> that's that, I, I think that's good, right? Okay. Uh, once in, I, I never claim to be the smartest person in the world on anything. I am always learning something, even at this late age, I'm always learning something and I always will continue to learn something because I'm always curious about things, what people think, how they think, uh, uh, what makes them tick and stuff like that. You know, so welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And, uh, we're booked throughout the week. Yeah. I'm booked throughout the week and, uh, throughout the week. And I believe throughout next week, Wow. Okay. Anyway, Trump, the Trump administration. I mean, there are they are messing with the World Health Organization. He wants to eliminate funding. I think, and he wants to eliminate 553 billion dollars in funding from the World Health Organization because he feels he feels that they dropped the ball on the coronavirus, folks. No one dropped the ball on the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, whatever, except for Trump. Trump dropped the ball. He's always looking for a scapegoat. This man is always looking for someone to blame. Trump is thinking about one thing. He's thinking about re-election. And he thinks the, and he actually thinks that the condition of the country right now where the country is right now, where the economy is right now, he thinks that's going to take him down in the election. He's right. It will. So he's looking for anything and everything to find, to blame, to deflect the problems off of him. He forgets that he is president of the United States. Whatever happens uh, uh, in this country, he is – it's his – uh, a responsibility because he is the president of the United States. He cannot deflect the blame. He cannot say he will not accept responsibility. He is responsible. He's the president of the United States. The buck stops with him. But yeah, he's looking for all of these people to blame, the organizations to blame. The World Health um, Organization, why would you eliminate money, funding from this organization? This is the number one organization in the world that's fighting this pandemic. He eliminates money from from this organization. He halts funding. More people will die. 
Trump doesn't seem to give a damn about people dying. And that that there is no problem uh, uh, that he can say he did not uh, know about back in December, back in November. He's just trying to deflect. And his, and his supporters, I have to say they're probably stupid and dumb to let this man do this to him. Do this to them. I'm sorry. To do this to them. They got to be stupid, dumb, blind, and ignorant to support Trump. More people will die. He take that funding. He take that money. More people will die. There are there were people who are inside the organization. They were pleading with Trump not to cut, not to do this. But he has to be an asshole, and he says he's going to do it. From my understanding, he has done it. If he hasn't, then he's his threats. A lot of his threats don't mean jack, but some of them he fulfills. He takes this money. He will have more blood on his hands that he uh, has already. He will have more blood on his hands. Some people are calling Trump a murderer, and I'm just about agree. This man wants power. He wants to consolidate power as if he is a king, an emperor, or something. And he's not. Trump, you are no king. You are no emperor. The powers that you can't trying to consolidate, a lot of it is against America. This guy goes through the Constitution and find out how he can fuck America. Now he wants to shut down Congress so he can get his um, appointees through. He doesn't want them to be voted in because he knows that's not going to happen. So he's going to try to find a way to get his flunkies in there. So when he loses in November and goes to prison, he's going to have enough judges that he stacked the court with to get him out of jail. That's the purpose of stacking these courts with Trump judges, him and McConnell, is to get him out of jail once he's indicted, once he's been sued. Trump's going to get in front of the uh, the judge and say, hey, wow, I, I appointed you. I gave you your job. So let me out of here. Get me out of these handcuffs. This is one of the purposes of, of why these people are stacking the court because they know they're going to jail for stealing taxpayer money, lying, uh, flying, and, got, and getting people killed. That's the purpose of stacking these courts. And that's the purpose of wanting to uh, get Congress out of the way so he can appoint these people to these positions that that are going to get him out of jail. This man is a crook. This man is an undeniable thug and crook that we have in the White House. He is a criminal. He's a traitor. He's a, uh, a sexual assaulter, big time. Uh and he's constantly, constantly looking for ways to destroy this, con- this country. He's trying to take attention away from Biden and Obama and other uh, victories around America against him by doing all of these crazy things to this country. And he's doing them on purpose, coming, with, coming up with excuses to fuck over the country. And we're supposed to believe this. This man is just sick.
Trump is totally, totally sick. And we're talking, as I've said on the show yesterday, November is seems like a thousand miles away. And Trump is going to, this country is going to be burned to the ground by the time we get there. But I do believe once Trump loses, once he's out of office, he's going to be held up in not American court, but world court. Because what Donald Trump is doing, he is not fucking over America. He's screwing over the world, and they don't like it. Donald Trump thinks he's hated in America. This man is hated around the world. He thinks he he thinks he's hated on Facebook and LinkedIn and 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 Facebook and Twitter. He's hated all around the world. So he cannot say that most Americans hate him. Hell. <laughs> he's hated all over the world. But since he's our president, he's going to fuck us more because he can do it. He thinks he can do it. Right now, he's trying to consolidate power. This man is power hungry. He loves power. I mean, he, he eats it. And he comes back and he throws it at us and throws it on us. We really have to vote this jackass out of office. We have to get rid of him. Because once he's out, the lawsuits are coming. The indictments are coming. People are, people are going to be coming after him uh, who, who they feel he has is, is it because of their death, their loved one's death. They're going to be coming after him. They're going to blame, people are already blaming Trump. For uh, a lot of death in this in this country over COVID nineteen, and I I understand it and I don't blame him because he is this man has gone up in front of these briefings and said, well, a hundred thousand deaths is not too bad. I mean, that's that's okay. People dying, that's all right. And most of all, his late late response to this, if Trump would have jumped on this right away, we would not be where we are today. We would not have as many people dead. People are dead and dying, and he wants more to die, to be dead and dying. The more people die, the more that cannot vote for him. This is what he figures, because he's thinking about re-election. He's trying to stay, folks, Trump is trying to stay out of prison, because he knows if he loses this election... He's going to be indicted. He knows it. He's going straight to fucking jail, prison. And he's doing everything he can, stacking the courts with judges that are going to purposely keep him out of jail once he loses. This is what he's doing. Now he's trying to circumvent Congress uh, where he doesn't have to go through uh, legislation to appoint a lot of his these dumbass people to certain uh, agencies within this uh, 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 administration. He wants to appoint people, and he figures that the Democrats aren't, aren't going to let him appoint some of the people that he wants to appoint. A lot, of, a lot of them, a lot of these people he wants to appoint are thugs. They're ass kissers. They're his ass kissers. But Trump doesn't realize and doesn't think some judges are not going to be on his side, even if he appoints them. Because they're going to follow the law. 
and he has broken the damn law a hundred million times and walked away uh, unscathed. I do think Trump will not walk away. He's going to, this man deserves to be in a straight jacket in a psycho ward someplace. And right now, as I'm on the, sh- on the show, doing the show, he's thinking of something diabolical to do to the, to do to, excuse me, stuttering. He's thinking of something diabolical to do to America. He always is. I mean, he goes to fucking bed figuring out what he's going to say and do to the country the next morning. And we've all said that. Trump, all he does is go to bed, uh, get get up in the morning and think about how he's going to fuck over America, how he's going to get attention, where he's going to deflect. You know, because he doesn't want us to think about Joe Biden and Barack Obama and the Democrats who are dead on his ass. He doesn't want us to think about that. He wants us to think about that he's going to halt funding for the World Health Organizations, which is going to, if he does that, and if that happens, and it might, going to cause more people to die. Because if he halts that funding, what's going to happen? People aren't going to be able to, to work and service people. Because the World Health Organization, they're about uh, uh, the elderly, children, the disabled, helping people, uh, and bringing the economy back into fold. Trump is going to stop all of that because he doesn't give a fuck. I've told people several times that Trump has Trump and his goons and his thugs, they hate America. They always hated America. What they're doing is pocketing taxpayer money. The Republicans know they're not going to get voted back into office, but they're trying to make themselves rich before they actually leave. So if they get voted out, well, <laughs> well, I'm rich. I don't care. Well, let the Democrats take it. They, this is what they're about. And I, and I tell people and people tell me that we should never, ever vote Republicans back into office again. They can't be trusted. But you know what? It's going to always be people out there who's going to vote against their own interest. Republicans want to cut Social Security. And how many of Trump's supporters on Social Security? And how many of Trump's supporters are going to vote for Trump to cut their Social Security, food stamps, and other things? Well, uh, that's, the, what, that's what he does. I guess we're going to starve then because – but I love Trump. I'm going to vote for him even though he's going to cut my Social Security and take food out of my kid's mouth. But he, he, he's the greatest. You got, you got people out there like that. So Trump is going to cut your throat. Trump doesn't care about you just because you vote for him. He doesn't care about you because you're forced to go to those rallies or you're paid to go to his rallies. He doesn't give a shit about you. Only thing he wants is your vote. And then he's going to say, fuck off. Trump is not your friend or anybody's friend. He is himself friend. He thinks of himself. He thinks only of himself. Not you, not me, not the country. He thinks only of himself. And we all know that. We all know that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and we're talking about Trump. I mean, we can't because this guy, we have to, is what I'm saying. We have to because this guy is just, 
guy is just awful. He is totally awful, and we have to, we have to do better than this. We have to find a way to do better than this. We have to, or we're gonna suffer a, a lot of things that we shouldn't be suffering because we, we have to find a way to get ourselves out of this. This is totally, totally bad for us. As Americans, as Americans, we have to have a president who knows how to lead. Trump doesn't know how to lead. He's not, he's not a leader. Trump doesn't know what he's doing because he's not a leader. Okay, let's go back to this. We'll be right back, folks. Call me brother When you can't even look me 
from millions of Americas. America's hard-working families have taken one punch after another. Decades of trickle-down economics and attacks on unions, attacks on wages, attacks on pensions, attacks on health care, attacks on social security, attacks on education, attacks on infrastructure and financial regulation have gutted America's middle class. 
a broken criminal justice system, a broken voting rights system, and decades of systematic racism have kept people of color from having the same opportunities as other Americans throughout this country. The, the fact is that the playing field has been tilted badly in favor of those at the top for a generation now. And now, President Trump and the Republican Congress are ready to ram through laws that will tilt it even harder. Now, we can whimper, we can whine, or we can fight back. Me, I'm here to fight back. I'm here to fight back. And that is why we come together today. Hundreds of thousands of people in Boston, in Washington, and across this country, we are in marches to say we are fighting back. That's who we are. We come here to stand shoulder to shoulder to make clear we are here, we will not be silent, we will not play dead, we will fight for what we believe in. Yeah! We have a vision, and that vision defines who we are as a people. First, we fight for basic dignity and respect for every human being, period. No compromise, no backing up. And second, we fight for economic opportunity, not just for those at the top, but for everyone. All of our kids deserve a fighting chance to get ahead. Respect for everyone, economic opportunity for everyone. That is the American deal, and that's what we fight for. You know, those core principles call out the best in who we are. For too long, American families have seen a government and an economy that isn't working for them. And Trump and the Republicans promised to make America worse. But we're here because we are ready to fight for the people who want to build a country that works for all of us. That's why we're here. We come together to give each other strength. We come together to give each other courage. We come together to remind each other of our values. As we get ready to march, let us remind each other what we believe in and why we fight and why we will keep right on fighting. We believe that no one in this country should work full time and live in poverty. And that means raising the minimum wage. Yes, it does. Paid overtime, sick leave, we will fight for it. We believe that workers have a right to come together 
and to bargain together. Unions built America's middle class and unions will rebuild America's middle class. We believe that every young person is entitled to get an education without getting crushed by student loan debt. We believe in debt-free college. Now I'm going to say something that is really controversial in some places in Washington. We believe in science. change is real and we have a moral responsibility to protect this earth for our children and our grandchildren. We also believe that immigration makes us a stronger country. We will not build a stupid wall. Racism, homophobia, and bigotry have no place in this country. Black Lives Matter. Diversity makes our country stronger. We believe that equal means equal. And that's true in marriage. It's true every place. We will never stop fighting to ensure equality for all of our citizens. You know, I could do this all day. <laughs> that I cannot believe I have to do in 2017. We believe in equal pay for equal work and a woman's right to decisions is what we will fight for. This is what we will march for. Are you ready to fight? Yeah. Are you ready to march? Yeah. Are you ready to make sure today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that that our voices are heard across yeah. America? We will be out there every day. Let's go march! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome, Senator Ed Markey.
Because 
I believe the reason why he's backing off his total authority claim that he's king and the rest of us are peasants is because he knows somebody must have whispered it in his ear, that's not going to work. We have a constitution. As long as we have a constitution, Trump is not king. Trump is not an emperor. We are not peasants under his. So he backs off of that, you know. He uh, but uh, and now he's once again after he said he had total authority that he was the boss and everybody should be following him. Now he's saying again that the governors are on their own with their, you know dealing with this coronavirus, uh, their states uh, dealing with the coronavirus. They, they were on their own from the get-go because they weren't listening to Trump. I'm not listening to Trump. If I'm going to listen to anybody about this virus, it's going to be scientists and doctors and people in the know with the experience, the experts, not Trump. Because listening to Trump has gotten more people killed. And we know that up because of his slow response of his uh, somewhat still denial that it may be a hoax. His shitty supporters believing him and even spreading lies themselves about this. Um, he knows that it's not going to go anywhere. Somebody must have whispered in his ear. Maybe maybe it was Nazi boy Stephen Miller. Who knows? For somebody, uh, and now he has people going around looking at the Constitution, uh, trying to find ways that he can get his appointees through without going through Congress. Just run them through, run them right through. The hell with Congress, the hell with the Republicans, the hell with the uh, 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 senators of the Senate who actually saved his ass. Remember the impeachment? Trump is impeached. He's an impeached president. But the Republicans lied and connived and put on a bullshit show, and they let this man walk. And now Trump is worse than ever because now he's killing people. I mean, Trump has had blood on his hands way before this virus. He's got multiple. He's got so much blood on his hands, he cannot get away with this. The Trump, the the excuse me, the presidency is saving his ass. It's saving his ass, but yet he's still doing a lot of things that are inappropriate, that are criminal in office. He's saying a lot of things. He's using his briefings for rallies instead of the coronavirus. You you you. He doesn't care much about the coronavirus. If he's saying anything positive about it, if he's saying anything. Uh, that seems elongated, it's because he knows he can't get away from this. He can't get away from it. Somebody is whispering in his ear. Somebody's writing his speeches. He reads like he's a three-year-old kid, and his voice is so nauseous, you just have to turn that shit off. Uh, Yeah, so now he's backing off his, as I've said, he's backing off his uh, claim as uh, total authority, he's not king. But give him a day or two, he'll be back on it. I mean, I agree with some of the other anchors. I don't think Donald Trump realized what he says because he can say one thing at at the very minute and the next minute deny he said that. 
<laughs> he denies he says things that he says. He denies he uh yeah, he denies he says things that he says. He denies he doesn't want us to see uh what we think we see and what we know we see. He tries to uh talk over that and talk around it. He thinks we're nuts, he thinks we're crazy. And I do think that Donald Trump is sick. I mean, uh, not just mentally, but I think he's medically sick. I think he needs a doctor. I think somebody's holding him up when he when he uh, goes to that podium. Because because if he had to stand without that podium, he would fall to the floor. Donald Trump is sick medically, but he's hiding his symptoms. Don't you can look at this man and tell he's sick, but he doesn't want you to know he's sick until he drops dead. There are so many Americans out there hoping and wishing and praying that this guy dropped dead. And the thing about it, Trump knows it. He knows it. His supporters knows it. The, uh, uh, the, the, the guys and girls in the Senate who let him off knows it. Uh, never forget that sham trial that they gave. No witnesses, no documents, no nothing. Just a bang of the gavel, and he's acquitted, and he walks. And now he's the worst. He's worst as ever. This guy, uh, he will not escape this. I don't know. Uh, after November, he will not escape this. Sometimes I don't think he's going to make it to November. And I've said that several times. But he, and he makes it. But I don't know how. He's a narcissist. And uh, I guess these people have no feelings, no empathy, uh, no sympathy for anybody Wow. Remember years ago before Trump? Well, give Trump a chance. Give him, we've given him a chance, and he done sucked everything up. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Um, something popped up on my screen. Hold on a minute, folks. While I delete it. Yeah, Trump is uh, threatening to stop funding. From the World Health Organization, if he hasn't done it already by the, by the sound of my voice, you know, I, I remember seeing him in videos saying that he's going to do it, he's going to do it, he's going to do it. You know, he's going to, I mean, you know, it's, a lot of times when Trump threatened to do something, he doesn't do it. But you never know when he's going to do it. And he does some of the stupidest things. People are pleading with him not to use that authority that he uh, think he can use by uh, constitutional authority by, by adjoining uh, Congress, getting rid of Congress to push his. This is not one of those. Uh, it's a, it's in the Constitution, but this is not one of those. It's it's not a crisis. That that uh, section eight, I think it's in section eight. Uh, it's not meant for someone to just unilaterally go do something. It only is there in case of a crisis. And this is no crisis. So he has no business using that clause in the Constitution to push Congress out of the way and ram through his appointees. He has no right to do that. This is not a crisis. The only crisis he should be dealing with now, folks, is the corona COVID-19 crisis. That should be... The only thing he ever talks about, that should be the only thing he's, his mind is on right now. But Trump's mind goes in every which way while people are dying. 
He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And so many people in commentaries and and people out there uh, are saying that what Trump should do this, Trump should do. Trump doesn't care. And the only way you're gonna uh, get this country back on its footing is to get this guy out. Get out Republicans who support him. Get out Republicans. You have to uh, do these things. Because one day it would seem like he's compromising. Some One day it seems like he's going to get on board and going to get on track and try to get – the next day he just do a 180 and say, fuck everybody, I don't care. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and we're talking about Donald Trump and his uh, – His non-leadership. This man cannot lead. He is no leader in this country. He's not. Donald Trump cannot lead. It's not in his makeup. It's not his forte to lead. He's no leader. Donald Trump is basically, uh, if, if Donald Trump led in the past, he led because he had money. He had money. Donald Trump would not be a billionaire or a millionaire if if he is that we haven't seen his taxes without his without his father's money he used his father's money Donald Trump did not work his way up to be a millionaire or a billionaire he used his father's money if it wasn't for his father's money he'd be out on the street corner selling watches snake oil or something because that's what he that's what he's built for not a presidency, not leadership. Because all we ever get from Donald Trump is hate. That's all we ever get from him. Meanness, vindictiveness, hate, more hate, calling people names like a three-year-old child, talking like a, a street thug, acting like a street thug, or a mobster from The Godfather. He can't even do that good. Marlon Brando did a great job playing a mobster, a mob boss. Trump is doing a bad job of it, but he's doing it anyway. The late Marlon Brando, pardon me. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and um, this is just horrific that this uh, virus is I'm hearing that we may not be back to normal, maybe by not until there's a vaccine, that, that a vaccine that can cure this. Just like, you know, there's a vaccine for flu to make sure you don't get the flu during the winter times and stuff like that. They're trying to come up with a vaccine for this coronavirus. And I'm hearing not so good news that they're there's a curve on this. It means that it's, the debts are not climbing as high as they, as they used to be. And they're saying because of social distancing. Social distancing. And they're saying they're, you know, but they're saying be cautious because this thing could flare up again. And it just pisses me off that the United States leads uh, in total death, in the total deaths uh, uh, from coronavirus coronavirus from around the world. We're the leader. We're, we're at the top. We're at the top because Trump and his goons and his thugs in Congress did not get on this. 
when they were supposed to, calling it a hoax, dismissing it. There, I mean, I, I think Congress should investigate this. I think the world order should investigate this. The world courts should investigate this. This is, as one, uh, as a couple of commenters uh, have said, this is uh, crimes against humanity. And that's what I'm going to call my show tomorrow when I do it tomorrow, Crimes Against Humanity. This man has committed crimes against humanity. Just like some of those Nazis, uh, remember the Holocaust, a lot of those Nazis were put to death or gone to jail for crimes against humanity back in the Hitler area where they was euthanizing Jews and stuff like that. Trump is euthanizing the people of America because he's trying to do every fucking thing he can to think that he's going to get back in office. It's all about getting reelected and staying out of jail. And I believe that wholeheartedly. The guy is doing anything he can stay out of jail from being indicted because New York is waiting with lawsuits up Trump's ass. They're not going to dismiss those lawsuits. Matter of fact, they probably got a lot more since this virus epidemic, pandemic has been out here. So Trump is in a lot of hot water. And it seems like the water is just getting hotter because this guy is screwing up. He's fucking up everything. And he's doing it intentionally. And people are saying, why doesn't he resign? He's not going to resign for two reasons. He loves power. The guy is power hungry. He eats power. No matter how little it is or how big it is, he eats power. He loves power. The second reason why he will not leave office, because if he leaves office, if he quits, he will be indicted and he will go to court and then maybe to go and then maybe to prison. He belongs in prison. But I actually think this man uh, actually need to uh, – he acts – prison is just – I don't know. He's a narcissist. He may love prison. Who knows? I think he should be put to sleep for his crimes. These, I mean, a lot of these guys get the electric chair. I I think Trump should get, uh, I I just don't think he should, I don't want to say it, but I I think he should, uh, prison is just, uh, uh, probably will be a delight to Trump. Something harder need to happen to this guy. He didn't screw it over the world. He didn't screw it over people. He doesn't care. I, I just think that he will go to prison or he will drop dead at some point because of the stress. <laughs> I, I said that once a long time ago on the show. I said, what, what is keeping this guy up? They have to be giving him uppers, uh, uppers, some sort of uh, medicine to keep him going, to hold him up, to keep him blabbing and blubbering that bullshit from his mouth. Um, I don't know. But I do know America is a great country. And we will get over this. This will pass. Maybe in a year or two, two years, this will pass. This will pass. And then we'll start getting ourselves back together, back up and being the America that we are known throughout the world to be. The uh, another thing I want to say, uh, the countries around the world, 
the leaders of the countries around the world, they know that Americans can't stand Trump. They know that Trump is the one that's bringing America to its knees. They don't even like Trump. They don't want Trump in their country. If Trump tries to make a visit to some country overseas, they are there to meet him with protest. And Trump doesn't like protest. <laughs> he wants all protesters hung because he doesn't like them. But anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We are just about off the air, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for being a part of this show. And... Um, Yeah, that's it. I want to say thank you very much for tuning in uh, to the show. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to have some of the same uh, – talk about some of the same things on the show because this is what is affecting the world. But mostly we're going to talk about COVID-19 and how we can keep people from dying. Uh, Trump doesn't give a damn. We're going to try and keep people, keep people alive. And I do think social distancing is working. I really do think it's working. Um, but we just got to keep doing it. We don't want to open up the country, open up anything back too soon, and crowds start gathering, and then this disease flat flare up. I'm pretty sure the governors are going to make sure that they got this thing contained before they open up the countries. And I'm understanding that they're most of these governors aren't aren't paying uh, Trump any more attention because he's just blabbering and he will not give them the tools that they need to fight this. So they're, they are, uh, the governors and the states are working together to get what they need uh, because they know Trump and his goons and Mike Pence are not going to supply these things. They'll talk about it. They'll talk about supplying it, but when it comes to actually supplying these things, I'm told that they're not doing it. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning into the George Wilder Jr. Show. We had a little a little um, um, technical difficulty, but we are right now. So I want to thank everybody for listening. George Wilder Jr. Show is off the air. Enjoy everybody. Stay in, stay safe, stay focused, have fun. Bye-bye, everybody. Check in, check in with you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Chicago time, Central Standard Time. Bye-bye.
Hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 